Coming up on today's Locked On Senators, Ottawa split their weekend back-to-back, losing in Columbus, but getting a shutout on home ice against the Seattle Kraken. And the Senators have made a transaction that leads us to believe that Ridley Gregg could be coming back to the lineup. We'll discuss how that can affect line combinations and more. This is the Locked On Senators podcast. It's your team every day. Your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jake Sanderson, and you're listening to Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators Podcast. Welcome inside episode 930 of the Locked On Senators podcast. I'm Ross Levitan on the outskirts of enemy territory in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Alongside Brandon Pillar up in the Blue Mountains, you can follow the show on social media. We're at Send Central on Twitter, LockedOn.Senators on Instagram. The show is free and available on all podcast platforms, including on YouTube where a like, comment, subscription go a long way to helping the show grow. Make sure you turn on the bell for notifications as well with the postcast live after every Ottawa Senators game. Today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code LOCKEDONNHL to get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Today is Monday. December 4th and Pilsy, what better way to get a 4-2 loss where you gave up four in a row against Columbus, that bad taste out of your mouth, than with a 2-0 shutout on home ice. Yeah, I mean, Ross, if you would have asked me before this weekend how I thought this split would go, a 4-2 loss against Columbus followed by a 2-0 win against Seattle is not what I would have predicted, but hey, we'll take it, especially... The shutout win, I feel like, adds a little extra boost, right? If they beat the Kraken 2-1, sure, that's still a nice win. You're happy about the two points. You move on. But for a team that the story has been bad defensive structure, giving up goals after having a lead a la the Columbus game, a 2-0 lead that ends up uh, seeing Columbus score four unanswered goals for a 4-2 victory for the Blue Jackets. The fact that the Senators were able to shut out the Seattle Kraken at home and finally give the good people at the Canadian Tire Center something to be happy about, to celebrate, I think that's a big boost. So although would have been nice to beat the Eastern Conference team, especially the other team that's down in the basement with you. Maybe try to leapfrog them in points, but we'll take it. We'll take it, Ross. I'm not going to be too picky here after November. Hey, at least we're coming off a win, right? Going into a tough week where three really talented opponents, and I I know I hate saying that about Saturday's game, but the Red Wings keep rolling, so got to give them some flowers. The Leafs on Thursday night, I'll be boots on the ground for that one. And on Tuesday... One of the best teams in the National Hockey League, the New York Rangers, who hung on to beat the San Jose Sharks 6-5 last night. But they are still rolling as a team. They sit, you know, atop the Metropolitan Division. They're 18-4-1 on the year. The Ottawa Senators have 18 points. The Rangers have 18 wins. Games in hand, Pelzi. Games in hand. So in games in hand, we trust. 
We got those sweet, sweet games in hand. Uh, 18,159 people went to the Ooh. game Friday or Saturday. Love that. The attendance was great, and the team put on a show. And all men, women, kids, children, infants in attendance can <laughs> say that they were there when Tim Stutzla became the first player in Senators history to record 200 NHL points before the age of 22. Oh, whoa. I didn't, I hadn't heard that version of the stat. I know, uh, I think it was the, I forget which broadcast, but they put up the stat that Timmy was among one of the youngest players to, or not youngest, fewest games played to get to 200 points. But that's an interesting little wrinkle there. Well, shout out to John Pearlberg. He's a uh, TSN stats guru. So he tweeted out that, that graphic, yeah. but with his own little caption saying just that because Martin Havlat was 22 years old, 308 days. Marion Hosa was 23 years old and 12 days. Brady Kachuk, 23 years, 36 days. And Alexi Ash in 23 years, 80 days. Those are all pretty, pretty, pretty good players themselves. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. That's a name you want to have your, uh, you want to be grouped in if you're Tim Stutzler. So congrats to Timmy Stutzler, the fire helmet holder. Hey, and I love the video afterwards. Everybody mentioning, hey, just keep it, Forsy. Forsberg had it from the win in Sweden. Crazy, like they hadn't won since Sweden, Pilsy. Like we were getting a little wild here, but uh, good good on Forsy. One goal against in his last two wins, which gets us to what we're going to talk about next segment, where it is a curious case of Anton Forsberg. But I'm not done breaking down these games. Pilsy, All you right. and Martian had both postcasts, so I... I'm ready to to spill my my takes here, but mostly on Saturday because I did make a special appearance there right after my shift. I jumped on, and you know, I I said my my two cents. I I, I put a pile of thoughts out into the air on Friday, but on Saturday, I mean, this was just kind of as team oriented a win. Now you talk about the shutout. You know what? That's a team shutout right there. Yep. Forzy was great. 23 block shots. Pillsy, that's got to be among the most they've had in a single game all year. Love the one at the end from Brandstrom. Forzy goes right over there. That's the type of camaraderie, I think, that can really get this team on a bit of a roll. Yeah, and Jake Sanderson had six block shots. So when one of your star defensemen is putting the body out like that and sacrificing, everybody's got to do it. And everybody followed suit. Tarasenko had a couple nice blocks as well. So you got to commend the the decor and the rest of the team for play, playing a good defensive game. So Sanderson, six blocks yesterday. He got the fight against Florida. Like, are we sure yeah. that he's not just like a, a defensive, like, you know, enforcer back there? Yeah, this isn't a smooth skating fifth overall pick. This is a, a physical, bruising, tough shutdown defenseman, Jake Sanderson. <laughs> In his last five games, he's got a fight, eight shots on goal, and uh, he's got 12, 15, 18 block shots in his last five games. So Whew. Sandy's laying it out there on the line. And uh, should mention, though, no points in his last five games after being on a bit of a heater yeah, wow. there where he had one goal and four assists for five points in his previous six games. So uh, another opportunity this week, and now with Shabbat, some of that pressure being taken off him. You were a little critical on uh, on putting Sanderson on his right. I mean, somebody's got to play there, right? But with him and uh, and Jacob Chickren, what did you think of that pair? Yeah, I was nervous going into that. I thought it was going to be a kind of reflection of what Shabbat and Chicken were, where they're just swapping sides constantly. Nobody's really in position, and it's kind of a a fluid system back there, which maybe maybe can work, but initially with at least Shabbat and Chicken I'm talking about, it didn't seem to work that great, but Sanderson and uh, Chicken seemed to work okay. Now, 
I'm not convinced I'm comfortable with that in the long term, especially Ross. And this is the key to it. If Sanderson and Zub hadn't been an incredible shutdown pair, then maybe I, I don't care that much about it. But the fact that that pair was just so good, it just seems crazy to me that a team that struggles with defensive structure wouldn't keep their top shutdown pair together. But then what do I know? They have their best defensive game of the year and they get a shutout against the Kraken with this. So I guess keep it rolling. As Martian said, don't change a thing. If, if we're able to keep this rolling, don't change it. Well, DJ Smith wasn't listening to us on Friday when we said no. limit Thomas Shabbat's ice time. He plays yeah. 26-41, albeit after the second period, the Sens were chasing the game. So I'm sure a lot of that minute was in the third period. Whereas against Seattle, Pilsy, 22-29 for, for Thomas Shabbat, which leads me into looking at these peculiar ice times. What were your thoughts on going with the old 11-7? Because we know one of our friends here, on this show absolutely loves going 11-7. That's absolutely sick. <laughs> yeah, I said a Boucher somewhere uh, on the Leafs bench is smiling with that one. But you know what? I, I don't I don't love 11-7. I wouldn't even say I like 11-7. But there are times when it makes sense to do it. And I thought this was a, a decent time to do it, Ross. You're on the second game of a back-to-back, so get an extra defenseman in there. Help those guys out, especially Shabbat, just returning from injury. And like you mentioned, you played 26 minutes that night. Get some more fresh legs. Now, mind you, JBD and Travis Hamnick, I think, played a combined 13 minutes. So it's not like they were really taking a lot of the load off there. And then Zach McEwen ends up playing three minutes. So really, you're going you're going 11 and six or uh, 10 and six here, which math guy uh, didn't really make a lot of sense there. But what I do like about it is we've been talking about it. That line of Kubelik, Chartier and Tarasenko has just been a waste of time. Uh, unfortunately, Chartier, look, I like him. Great fourth line center, good defensive player, but not a guy you should be putting two of your top newly acquired snipers with if you're trying to get them going offensively. So with 11 and 7, it kind of rotates the centermen a little bit more, and it gave Tarasenko some opportunities to play up with some of the more talented players. Uh, he looked really good with uh, Stutzla and Batherson as well. So from that aspect, I did like 11 and 7, but I don't think that's uh, a combination we should be going to uh, all the time here. I don't think we're going to see it on t- um, in tomorrow's game against the New York Rangers no. because it looks like Ridley Gregg could be back. We'll discuss what that will have to do with their Senators line combinations in the third segment. But Pilsy, going back to Tim Stutzler real quick because uh, Seattle Kraken fans were all up in arms on the pick play from Justin Schultz. And I just want to note, man, like say what you want about Tim Stutzler. This guy is a master manipulator with the puck. And with that, he puts himself in some uncomfortable situations and he draws penalties, dude. He's got the second best net penalty differential in the National Hockey League. Only Lucas Raymond, the player drafted one spot after him, is one above him. And that's because Lucas Raymond's only taken two penalties, whereas Timmy's taken four. So nobody has drawn. Oh, that's us. Also, well, penalties drawn is different. Because when you go just by penalties drawn, they're counting coincidentals, which I, I don't mm. think should, right? Because Matthew and Brady are, are one and two in, in, in penalties drawn, but half the time they're going to the penalty box with them. So I like the net penalty differential because it takes yep. away 
you know, how many you've taken as well. So Tim Stutz, a second in the National Hockey League in net penalty differential. So I want that to stay going. And the Sens power play, I mean, they, they didn't do anything really against Seattle, but they didn't really need to either because at least they weren't giving up momentum, right? Like those power plays didn't end with you being like, we didn't even get set up. So at least they were able to do that. And then, uh, man, one more note on on a player who's really stepped up. Like, we got to mention Drake Batherson here because we were hard on him at the start of the year, you know, up, down the lineup. Where was he going to find his route? Ten points in his last ten games, including, I believe, six goals. Yeah, Batherson certainly has uh, kind of turned it up. Uh, he's He's been rewarded with power play time. That's a guy we all know, Drake Batherson, kind of, at least the recent version of Drake Batherson thrives a lot more in the power play. So it's good to get him going. But Ross, I almost feel like DJ Smith and the coaching staff have to find a way to have Drake Batherson and Tarasenko be comfortable and be able to provide offense at the same time. Like either it's Tarasenko's up and now Batherson, Batherson is down in the lineup or Batherson is up and that buries Tarasenko. So like I mentioned, maybe we see more like they connected on that goal. Tarasenko, Stutzla, and Batherson, I'm not sure. But I just feel like there shouldn't be a situation where one of those guys has to sacrifice their offensive capabilities. In um, in Drake Batherson's last 10 games, six goals, 10 points, even for those who are still noticing that he is minus five on the season, even in his last 10 games. So um, something to build off of for Drake Batherson, shooting 21% in that stand, uh, in that stretch as well, averaging just under 18 minutes per game is worth noting minus five on the year. He was minus four against Buffalo in one game. So um, it does kind of add up, but for a guy who, I mean, he's a career minus 67. Um, so, I mean, uh, definitely something that you're hoping will improve over time. And uh, as we've set, said time and time again, we watched this guy dominate as a two way playmaker in Belleville. He was that in junior as well. So hopefully this just continues to make strides forward because he can be a real difference maker, making just a shade under $5 million for the next four or five seasons. Okay. On the other side, Anton Forsberg, when he's good, he's great. When he's bad, he's awful. Ridley Gregg's back in the lineup and the Belleville Sens get a big win. The K train is chugging along. Zach Stapchuk with a pair of goals and Igor Sokolov puts a one-timer into the back of the net. So we'll get into all that on the other side. This is locked on senators. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at Sleeper. Guys, if you want to win 100 times your money, play Daily Fantasy Hockey on the Sleeper app. As the official Daily Fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network, Sleeper is our top choice for Daily Fantasy sports, especially fantasy hockey. With Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in Daily Fantasy Hockey contents. What I like about the Sleeper app is... They've got a group chat functionality. You can easily talk smack to your friends, let them know you got a good lineup coming up, and time is money. Entries can be made in less than one minute. So you're racing home, picking up dinner uh, at 6.55. You're worried about 7 o'clock puck drop. you got tons of time to get those picks in on the Sleeper app. So 
You got to choose stats like goals, assists, saves, plus, minus, and more. You heard me, Sens fans. 100 times payouts on Sleeper. So start paying attention and get your picks right so you could win big. Use promo code LOCKEDONNHL and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's LOCKEDONNHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Only available for our friends in the U.S. for now. Today's episode is also brought to you by my happy place, by Shawarma Palace. You know how much I love Shawarma Palace. I talk about it all the time. And in under three days, Here you I go. will be eating at Shawarma Palace. Ooh. Now, with Shawarma Palace, you know you're going to get an enormous platter. Like, you, you just are. You're going to be fed for at least a day, if not two. And what I love about Shawarma Palace is that they make sure that the ingredients are always fresh, always delicious. It's always a welcoming environment when you walk into Shawarma Palace at any of their seven locations. Now, they started with just one store on Rideau Street back in 1997. Since then, it's grown into what it is today, which is a sense-supporting just like what would you even describe shawarma palace as to someone who hasn't been to ottawa like i don't want to say an institution because that makes it seem like it's just you know more corporate whereas these guys are boots on the ground a bass is behind the you know the bar he's shaving the halal meat he's getting it all going they always make sure that they're a part of the community at shawarma palace and when you head in there let them know locked on senator sent you we love our friends at shawarma palace go eat like a royal go eat at shawarma palace All right, Pilsy, here we go. The Senators, one game below 500, but they've got a chance to do something special on Tuesday. Uh, That's getting back to 10 and 10. Still no OT or shootout losses. They're 2-0, both in Sweden when going past extra time. Before we get into Anton Forsberg, though, I do want to give some stick taps to the man on the other side, Joey Decord, for those longtime listeners of Locked On Senators and even making sense of the Sens. Dax gave us so much time on the come up. Man, going back to Arizona State, getting him on the show then, and uh, it's it's really cool seeing him being a full-time NHL goalie. That loss wasn't on him, man. He makes 26 saves on 28 shots. Had that great save on the backhand from Stutzla when he was in all alone. That was just, that was awesome. And hey, did you see uh, the Good Samaritan move by him as well? Shabby was down injured a little bit, uh, hobbling, and Joey gave him gave him a little push on the back to, to get him back to the bench a little quicker. Yes. Good guy, great goalie, and nice to see him doing well. Yeah, absolutely. Joey Dax is getting a big opportunity in Seattle. Uh, he's played consistently over the last little stretch here and uh they've they have no problem turning to him and like you mentioned that loss to nothing lost not on deck so yeah glad to see you found a home in seattle now if you had to pick joey decord or philip gustafson to return on their current contracts i ask you because ottawa's seen both of them in the last two weeks yeah this is uh there's layers to this question for me ross i still I'm a full believer. Uh, if you guys have been following the show for a while, you know I've been a believer in Gustafson. I was fully on board with them keeping Gustafson in the expansion draft. That doesn't mean I wanted Joey Decord to get selected. Just just making that clear. That is not the way I wanted. I had Chris Tierney wearing those cracking colors, Ross. I really was hoping that that's the way it was going to go and they could keep both those young tendies. But I think I, I would go with Dax. Just... That's a good contract. What's he making? One point two, if that. I know, I know it's in. Four. It's over a million. That's for sure. It's like a two-year, one point two deal. 
Correct. 1.2. Yeah. So that's a nice deal. And I really felt, and I mean, Philip Gustafson kind of made this clear himself. So it kind of confirms my feeling that Gustafson just didn't mesh here. Like it just seemed like the way he was developed didn't work out for him. Uh, the yo-yo development. You're up, you're down, you're up, you're down. Yeah. And I don't blame him for that. And I think uh, his comments, some sense fans took, uh, took offense to it. I didn't, I thought they were fair comments the way he never really knew where he was going to play when he was starting. It was, it, they kind of botched his development. I feel like that's fair to say. COVID also played a role, right? You had to carry yeah, that. Third, fair. You had to carry a third goalie at all times. Definitely, definitely. But I feel like Joey Decord wasn't really a, a, a victim. Like Decord was around for most of that as well, and it, he didn't really fall victim to that either. Uh, and I think Decord really meshed with these guys a lot better. And I really see like Joey Dax. We, from what we've talked to him about, this is a very focused guy. Like he's doing. VR training with uh, headsets and he's working on the mental side of his game a lot too. This isn't to say Gustafson isn't. I just know this because we talked to Decord about it. Yeah, Joey Dax would be, I think, welcome back with open arms by all sense fans. Welcome to the dark side. I know we've been on opposite sides of that debate in the past, but uh, I got to stick with my guy as well. But our guy is Anton Forsberg. Pilsy, you noted something from our friend Ian Mendez this morning that really caught your attention. Yeah, I mean, this, I think everyone kind of realized this, but to see it written down is absolutely astounding. Uh, Mendez writes in his article, in the four games Forsberg has won, he's virtually unbeatable, and that's legit. His numbers in the four games he's won is a... 980 save percentage. So he's stopping 98% of all shots and a 0.98 goals against. Absolutely phenomenal numbers in the four games he's won. Let's turn the page to the four games he's lost. Sporting a 766 save percentage. So you're going down, math guy, 22% in your losses in save percentage. And the goals against average skyrockets to a 5.65 goals against average. Like, that contrast between when he wins and loses, that's got to be the largest spread of any goalie this season for sure, but probably even in recent history in an eight-game sample size. Like, that is absolutely wild that that is happening. So we got to find a way to have Forzy meet... I'm not even going to say in the middle, Ross. If he meets in the middle, that that's lands him where he's at right now, which isn't that great at a, on the wrong side of three goals against average, 3.03, and on the wrong side of 900 save percentage at a .882 save percentage on uh, the eight games he's played this season. So we got, we got to find some way to uh, smooth this path out for Anton Forsberg. Otherwise, the Ottawa Senators, this up-down roller coaster ride is going to continue. As we discussed, Ottawa gets the shutout against the Seattle Kraken. Now they get a shutout in what was their 19th game of the season. That is the quickest they've gotten a shutout under DJ Smith in the season. I'm just going back here looking, and in 2019-20, in uh, the, uh, the first year DJ Smith was behind the bench. Guess how many games it took them to get their first shutout? 35. Guess how many games it took the Ottawa Senators to get their first shutout in the COVID-shortened season, 72 games. Pilsy, how many games to get their first shutout? 
35. No. More? It's kind of a trick question. They did not get a single shutout that year. Oh, damn. I mean, I should have guessed that. Yeah. Wow. That's tough. Then then, uh, the following year, the COVID shortened season, it took until game 45 when Matt Murray got a 23-save shutout against the Montreal Canadiens. So it took 45 games for them to get a shutout. The following year, it took till game 25 when they shut out the Tampa Bay Lightning for nothing. And then last year, they got their first shutout of the season in game 28 against the Anaheim Ducks. So there you have it. This year, they get it in game 19. So onwards and upwards. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, we can get into this later, Ross, but I, I do wonder where they're going to go increase for uh, the New York Rangers. Part of me thinks give Forzy another chance here. Let's let's discuss after the break. We'll also get into what we expect line combinations to be with Ridley Gregg. The Senators are skating at 1030 this morning. So check us out on Twitter at Send Central. We'll let you know when we get line combinations. All that is next. You're listening to Locked On Senators. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at Indeed. Guys, when you're drafting a fantasy team, do you ever wish you could do the same with a business team? Just handpick all the best uh, employees you have? Well, if that's what you've thought, you need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one cohesive place. Don't spend hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills. Why would you do that when you can do it all just on Indeed? Candidates you invite to apply through Instant Match are three times more likely to apply to your job than candidates who only see it in search. And with Instant Match, as soon as you sponsor a post, you get a short list of quality candidates whose resume on Indeed match your job description. You can invite them to apply right away. Indeed, does the hard work for you. Join over 3 million businesses worldwide using Indeed to hire great talent fast. Indeed knows when you're growing your own business, you have to make every dollar count. That's why with Indeed, you only pay for quality applications that match your must-have job requirements. Visit Indeed.com slash locked on to start hiring now. Just go to Indeed.com slash locked on. Indeed.com slash locked on. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application pricing not available for everyone. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, Pilsy. It is a Monday on a busy week for the Ottawa Senators, a busy week for Locked On Sense. Stay tuned. We'll get a crossover. Locked On Leafs, get Mikey DiStefano in the mix. It might be live. I'm going to go see Mikey real quick on Wednesday on my way to the nation's capital. Sense and Leafs Thursday night. But before that, they've got the New York Rangers on Tuesday. Pilsy, just looking around the league, man. This is the time for Ottawa to make their push, right? You look at Tampa. They've lost four games in a row. Buffalo, they've lost three games in a row. Montreal, they lost in overtime. Of course, they had to get a loser point against Detroit. But still, yep. not, not really worried about Montreal, to be honest with you. When you're looking at games in hand, Ottawa's got six games in hand on both Tampa and Buffalo. That, A, is ridiculous. Yeah. And, B, is giving them, like, this is their opportunity right now to make a bit of a push. Now, the Leafs, they're 10 points up. They have also played three more games, but that head-to-head matchup on Thursday, that could be a four-point swing. This is an enormous week with two divisional games, Detroit on Saturday, Leafs on Thursday. This, I'm not, like, I I think just by what I said there, like, this Rangers game isn't a must-win, 
I think if they lose, you're just like, oh, like it sucks. But it, it's Thursday and Saturday for me that are like, you better bring your A game to those two. How would you want to organize your goalies? Would you just be looking at Tuesday or are you looking ahead and trying to plot out Corpusalo and Forsberg? I think for now, Ross, I'm just looking at Tuesday. Uh, I'd like to give Forzy another chance here coming off a 39 save shutout. Like that's that's about as hot as it gets. And uh, up against a New York Rangers team that and March and I were talking about this and we've talked about this on the show as well, Ross. Forzy and Corpusella, for that case, seem to do better when they get a lot of shots. So up against teams like the New York Rangers, Toronto Maple Leafs, and Detroit Red Wings, they're probably going to see a lot of shots. So I have no issue at all with giving Forzy the next start. And if he has another hot start, I don't even think it's that crazy to let him go up against the Leafs uh, as well. So for now, Ross... He's got great numbers against the Leafs too. Yeah, exactly. So for now, I'm, I'm riding with Forzy. And Forzy got the win in Toronto earlier this year, didn't he? Or was that was that Corpy? I've got his game logs right here. No, Me that was Corpy. No, it's Corpusala. No, all good. Yeah. So you're you're looking at a situation with uh, with Forsberg or Corpusala. It's like you want one of them to just grab the reins, right? For like a five six game stretch. I don't know if I would go five or six games, but if if they're hot, I I would have no issue going three year or four games, just because. For this team to be successful, Ross, this tandem has to work. And if you're having guys getting cold, especially guys like Forsberg and Corpusalo are used to playing in a decent amount of games. Both those guys have been relied upon by their teams in the past. I don't want to leave uh, guys sitting on the bench too much here. And especially, Ross, with how busy the schedules are here, I don't want to burn any goalie out as well because there's not a lot of times in between games. Well said. Let us know in the comments who starts for you Tuesday against the New York Rangers at home. Anton Forsberg or Eunice Corpusalo and Corpy. Like a couple of those goals, maybe against the the Blue Jackets, you want, but there were some brutal giveaways and some some pretty like the Shabbat one in particular, where he just yeah. gets his pocket picked right in front. However, and there's some have- tips and stuff. Like uh, it wasn't uh, bad, terrible goals for Corpy on that one. But when you're out shooting a team like the Senators did on Friday, 43 to 23, the score should probably be flipped rather than losing four to two. Claude Giroux, though, did get his sixth goal of the year. Claude Giroux was playing in his 100th game as an Ottawa Senator on Friday night. He makes that 101 games with the uh, with the game on Saturday against the um against the Seattle Kraken. So in 101 games for the Ottawa Senators, Claude Giroux is up to 96 points and 41 goals and uh, 58.7% in the dot. That's better than his career percentage with the Philadelphia Flyers. So this guy is still at the top of his game, and it would be a shame to waste any more of his time as yes. the 36-year-old is uh, is still producing at a very high rate. Now, um, Giroux's played mentor a little bit as well. We saw last year playing a lot with this gentleman, Ridley Gregg. As Ridley Ge- Gregg returns, we expect returns to the lineup on Tuesday. That's because the Senators have reassigned Matthew Highmore down to Belleville. Highmore, kind of a jack-of-all-trades, master-of-none type player, was killing penalties for Ottawa. Six games, averaging under eight minutes, and it was only a six-minute game on Friday for him against Columbus. They were caught out there for that fourth goal against, and I know a lot of people noting that DJ left that line out after they let in the goal. It's like, you know what, just keep doing your thing. But I think that experiment probably 
uh, mercifully comes to an end, at least for now. Like, it's not like, you know, you'd be, you'd be kind of embarrassed to have him back in the lineup, but you know, and we'll get to remind me at the end of the show, Roby's red hot down in yep. Belleville since being reassigned. So does he deserve another chance eventually? Or are you just banking on Ridley Gregg being back up in the mix? Where would you want him to slot? Cause this is a guy who went, when he was out of the lineup with this high ankle sprain, he was leading all rookies in points. He had seven points in nine games. Now nobody's catching Connor Bedard anymore. He's up to 11 goals on the season. Forget points, 11 goals for Connor Bedard. But Ridley Gregg was certainly playing great and looked awesome on a line with Matthew Joseph and Vladimir Tarasenko. But then you'd be disrupting three lines if you are, or two lines because Tarasenko's on the third line right now. But how would you, how would you put Ridley Gregg back into this mix? I'm putting him back with Joseph and Tarasenko Ross. Even if it means shaking the rest of things up, I believe that that gives Tarasenko the best opportunity for success. That's when he was thriving. Uh, Joseph continues to do what he's been doing all season long. He had a great goal up against Seattle and then that allows you to kind of have a more balanced lineup. So right away, Ross, I'm throwing him back on that line with Joseph and Tarasenko. Okay, so then how how would the rest of your top nine look? Because if you're if you're the Ottawa Senators here and you've kind of used Joseph as your spark plug on different lines, he was in a situation up with uh, with Timmy last couple games where that was worked as well. So who would you who would you move up then to play on that line with Stutzel and Batherson? So my lines would go as follow: top line Brady, Timmy, Drew. So you're you're done with the experiment of having Norris up there? Yeah, ju- just because I, I feel like that Brady Timmy Giroux line can have so much success, and you know what, I'm I'm okay with moving Norris and Batherson down in the lineup. They they haven't really, I mean, other than Batherson lately, has been hot, but at least Norris is shooting the puck a little bit more. I think on it was Friday, right? He had seven shots on goal. And then he had three more against yes. Seattle. But yeah, he's he's pointless in three and has one assist in his last five games. Yeah, so I'm I'm going Brady, Timmy, Giroux. Then I'm going um, Joseph, Greg, Tarasenko. Then I'm going Kubalik, Norris, Batherson. And then the fourth line, I mean, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so, sorry, but yeah. Guys being dudes on the fourth line. Yeah. But uh, no, I don't need to see Zach McEwen play three minutes a night. I would like to see him play zero minutes a night. I was going to say, uh, spin zone, would you rather Zach McEwen play three minutes a night or nine minutes a night? Zero is right? the answer. Of those two options, zero. Uh, I saw a tweet. Uh, I wish I could give it credit, but someone's saying it. And we were of the mind. It's like, hey, look, it's a league minimum deal. We were kind of going off of what Claude Giroux said. You and I both like a little gumption in the lineup. But yeah. <laughs> I saw someone tweet. They said, uh, Zach McEwen's getting paid league minimum, and it still feels like too much. For now, look, I I, I don't want to write him off. They got him for three years. He seems like a, a good a good dude. Claude Giroux backed him up. He's a East Coaster from PEI, so probably salt of the earth guy. But sick AHL, or he went down there and had a couple talks. Yeah, yeah. So. Hey, perfect way to transition into the AHL. Tomorrow we'll have more on the line combos after yes. they happen, after practice, and and discuss kind of where things can shake up on the power play as well. Because right now, man, 
I don't know what's going on with the Sens power play, Pilsy. Eventually, they're going to score more than once in a game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you got to hope so. I and I don't want to open the, this box, but I, Ross, I'll, I'll just throw some breadcrumbs here and then run away. I was going to say you're going to open the box while while the the birds can all feed on this, but part of me still thinks. Sure, they want to be stable with DJ Smith as head coach. That's fine. Maybe it's time to switch up the assistants and get different looks at power play and shorthanded and show some accountability that, hey, the way this is going is not good enough. We need some X's and O's guys in here. Again, no offense to the assistants right now, but it's it's there needs to be some sort of change, and I think that would be a good enough change that it it kind of – not strike some fear, but shows that, hey, there can be consequences. And in a way that we're not just trying to to axe people, we're trying to find ways to improve here and to give DJ Smith the little feeling that, hey, not everything is uh, comfortable for you here. I well, think that you, would be a move that maybe they could look into. You just look at DJ Smith and his post-game press conference, so relieved on Saturday, so stressed on Friday, but... Pills, you'll be happy to know this. They have changed responsibilities at the very least. So Jack Capuano's running the power play now. Davis Payne running the penalty kill. That was one of the last moves that uh, Guy Boucher did I was, with his assist. I was assistant. just about to say that. And that for me, that is complete desperation, and it doesn't make any sense, really. So... Well, let's see what they can do with the, with this, as healthy of a group. And, and when I say healthy, it's like obviously Mark Castellic not ready yet. And Shane Pinto still what? Uh, we'll do a countdown starting at 10, where it's like 10 games until Shane Pinto. I guess he's got a sign too. But it well, seems and like- he's probably going to have a conditioning stint, right? Yeah, true. He's not coming back at game 42, I don't Ooh. Actually, no, I'm very sure he's oh, not wait. coming back at game 42. We d- we've asked this, but we haven't gotten an answer. I'm actually going to reach out to, to Footy. Maybe he can help me explain this. If you're suspended at the NHL level, could he start his conditioning stint three games earlier in Belleville? That's yes. the question. Because yeah, he's only we, suspended from the NHL, right? Yeah, we did talk league. about this. Yeah. I don't I don't know the answer. Yeah. No. But, that, I mean, that would help Big if time. he can come back. Because what I expect, and, and the rumor is that he's already skating with uh, North Dakota, that he's already in NODAC skating with his old college buddies. And, We'll see how long it takes them to get back up to speed. It uh, it takes away the uh, the the pipeline from North Dakota goes right to Ottawa with Sanderson and Pinto never putting on a Belleville Sens jersey. But yeah. uh, obviously Tyler Clevin's down there and JBD spent what a hundred plus well, games down there. Well, Ross, I, I don't we kind of know our answer though. Like if he could be playing in Belleville, wouldn't they just sign him to a league minimum and he'd be playing now? No, I think what it would have to be is a conditioning stint, which I believe is a three game set. Where you can kind of go down there on your way back because he's going to sign a one way deal, right? With Ottawa, it's not going to be a two way contract. So with I don't that, know. <laughs> no, it's going to be a. It's going to be a. I don't guess. know, dude. He doesn't have a, lot, have a lot of leverage these days. He scored twenty goals. I think what they do is they they go. He got suspended for forty one games. Yeah, I think it's one year nine hundred thousand is my guess for for his contract Probably, or a one yes. or a one by one. That that's my guess. So if he signs that. He can then go on a three-game conditioning stint without clear having to clear waivers, which obviously wouldn't do. Uh, I would bet on that. Now, when it comes to uh, to Pinto or not Pinto, rather the Belleville Sens, a huge win, a must-win game for them because they they've been struggling. They finally get a, a a win. Man, Crooker keeps rolling, and it was good to see some of the kids who are legit NHL prospects 
really prospering down there. Um, Roby Yarventi had a goal and an assist since coming back from the NHL. He's got two goals and two assists or sorry, um, two goals and two assists. Yes. Four points in three games. So the offense is clicking for him. A staff Chuck had two goals in that game too. And I don't know if you saw the, the, the clip of the K train chugging across the middle Pilsy. No. He got called for charging. It was not even close to a charging. So the same, same kind of refs have followed yeah. him. Eh? They have absolutely tough to see, but at least it was only a two minute penalty. But uh, I, I just hope that he never loses that edge. Cause it's going to do him well at the top level. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, I, I had said it uh, for quite a while here. Look out for a stab chuck to heat up as the season goes on. And he's starting to look a lot more comfortable. He's playing on a line with Yuri Schmeichel and Garrett uh, Pilon, who's actually looked really good, too. So that's a nice third line. I thought this was funny, though, Ross. Boko Imama on the wing with Crookshank and uh, Igor. Like that's, that's an interesting guy to toss on that wing, but Hey, maybe it's having success. Although Igor's goal was on the power play uh, as, as Igor does, but that was a, that was a nice win up against divisional rivals for sure. Dude. How about Crooker with eight goals on the season already? And, and he only had one goal in his first two four in his first seven games. He had one goal. So in his last 12, he's got seven math guy. Yep. Yeah, that's uh I like that. He deserves like an opportunity for me. And he's like he seems like yeah. the perfect guy to call up and put on a fourth line because he's gonna go out there and be a pest and a rat. Imagine him and Parker Kelly on the same line together. Well, Andros, this will be his first taste uh, in the NHL. I, I feel no like he, that, yeah, no buck warm-up. You get that little extra juice finally uh getting your chance. The paychecks look a little nicer, so there's a lot of motivation for Crooker here. So I I certainly wouldn't be opposed to giving Crookshank uh, a chance if need be, but if Ridley Gregg Getting is, healthy. if he's turning back or uh, coming back rather, I, I think uh, it's going to remain status quo here. Yeah, but hey, man, even Crooker's entire AHL, like you know, coming back from a full year off to score twenty six goals, like he's got seventy eight points in one hundred nine games. Like, it's it's pretty good for a guy who missed an entire season so uh good to see that down there and our boy mando that get that save percentage up pal he had that tough game earlier this year but uh he was great in that win uh against rock uh against i almost said rockford they're in manitoba right now rochester and uh pilsy not worth nothing how about the fact that 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 was sabers star prospect devin levi getting lit up in there Transitioning from college to the pros as a goalie is very difficult to do. And I feel like Sabres fans, uh, they had the rose-colored glasses on when they thought that he was just going to jump in here and uh, play a full season for them. So it's going to take time. How much money do you think Sabres fans lost on on Devin Levi Calder Trophy winner futures? Well, hopefully not that much. If you were betting Devin Levi for Calder uh, Trophy winner up against a guy named Connor Bedard. Not, not a great decision there. No, probably not. And this is coming from a guy that does Pilsy's parlay, which has been uh, put to bed for a while. For a while. Yeah. Yeah. We'll wake that up right around the Christmas. Uh, I was going to say season, but those cups, maybe the new year. We'll see Ross. Yeah. 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 We'll reset. Dude, you were so red hot at the start of the season. Three and two. Pilsy's Uh, parlay of the day. Now three and 13. Do you want to see an absolute 
well, wild stat alert. And this is, you know, when we're at the, the tail end of the show, just having fun. You know, the assistant coaches for the Rochester Americans hashtag uh, sends abroad. You're never going to get this, but I want to let the people in the cars think this one through. No, I, is it Michael Pekka? No, 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 no. That's no. not a sends abroad. Matthew Pekka no. is a sends abroad. Correct. Uh, I know it's someone notable, but I, I don't. I can't think of it. Vinny Prospel, remember that oh, name? Okay, I would not have guessed that. Wow, nice. Zaklav Prospel never played for the Buffalo Sabers, but um, spent parts of four seasons. Actually, scored twenty-two goals and had fifty-five points for the Senators uh, one season, nineteen ninety-nine, two thousand. So he, he had a nice little stint, number twenty back in the day. Uh, so cool to see he's getting into coaching. But uh, yeah, uh, one other note on Belleville. Uh, Levy Marilinen has been reassigned. It's his turn to go down to the ECHL. Had a couple tough starts in a row yeah. uh, for Belleville. So not not the end of the world. Just get this guy's confidence back up. And uh, again, Mando, Mando needs to play too, right? Mando's like, what, 24 years old now? 23, 23 uh, late August birthday as well. So um, just turned 23. And, and I, I think that, you know, five games in now, the save percentage is climbing. He had that the first start of the year was, you know, four goals on 12 shots. Like you're going to yeah. have to battle back from that one. And then, uh, you know, had, had to come in and do sweep up duty in the third period against Lehigh Valley and let in three goals on 18 shots. But in his last couple, he's been solid, man. Had 40 save performance on November 25th and then got the win. First win of the season against Rochester. So we're rooting for Matt Mando, another uh, true friend of the show. Him, Dax, Mads, we're, we're a goalie-friendly show, clearly here, uh, Pillsy, as we do. Any final thoughts on today's show? Final thoughts for me are let's let's ride the the high of that shutout win into this week because the Sens got their work cut out for them. So it's going to be very intriguing how this week goes. It will be exactly that. Again, follow us on Twitter at Sens Central. We'll let you know when line combinations drop today. We'll have tomorrow's episode right after the morning skates. We'll get you the latest game day preview episode. We'll see if our guy John Chick's around. I know people love when John Chick jumps on the show as well. So stay tuned for all that and more. For today, though, we say goodbye. Have a great day. For Brandon Piller, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators Podcast, your team every day.